Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lab men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM, and I'm your co-host Robbie. Robbie, how are you this week? I'm doing all right, JM. Going out with the crew from Devolver to have a good old time. You sound a little Australian this week, Robbie. Well, I'm drunk as a skunk. Robbie, maybe you should sit this one out. Go back to partying with the rest of Devolver Europe. Don't have to tell me twice. Pip-pip-o. <laughs> oh, that Robbie. Um, so I guess it's just me this week. Uh, Robbie and uh, all of the European Devolvers are hanging out in a big pile somewhere, uh, having a grand old time with one another, exploring the British countryside or whatever wonderful thing it is that they do all together in Angel Land. Uh, so it's just me. Robbie did, however, uh, set up, before he toddled off just then, he did set us up. Uh, Devolver made a post on Twitter, uh, so uh, asking if anyone wanted to ask the forecast any questions so that I could answer them. And uh, they used a wonderful GIF from Inscription. So let's see. No, no questions whatsoever. Uh, but three comments about Inscription were posted. Um, actually, two comments about Inscription and one about Cult of the Lamb. Uh, we do have some questions we missed before, so I'll, I'll run through these. Uh, Maya Mia, uh, asks, What's a conspiracy theory that you believe to be somewhat true, if any? Um, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think that the Christopher Nolan Batman films are all right-wing propaganda. Uh, the first one is about uh, how public works don't do anyone any good. Uh, the, the train system, how it just slows the inevitable collapse of society because poor people are inherently evil. Um, the second one was a commercial for the Patriot Act in which crazy terrorists were doing things just for funsies. And uh, the only way to fight them was to invade everyone's privacy. And of course, the third one was a commentary on like Occupy Wall Street. And it was this weird thing where any challenge to the financial status quo was again terroristic in nature. Um, let's see, someone asked if we're up. Yes, I am. Thank you for asking. Uh, do we have a truffle pig equivalent for finding indie gems? I can't remember if we asked, answered that one before, um, but it's Nigel. It's Nigel. Well, that's our show this week. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, unless... Man, wow, these segues are a lot harder when Robbie's not here. So listen, I did come up with another plan. I have invited uh, a friend of Devolver, someone who has worked with Devolver in the past, someone who is always more famous than I remember that they are. Uh, today, I am very happy to uh, have Kinsey Burke on the forecast. Hi, Kinsey. Hi, Jam. Your last name, did I, is your last name still Burke? It sure is. Okay. For some reason, <laughs> I I was like, oh, no, wait, maybe this is old data. Uh, hi, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Super happy to be here. You know, miss hanging out with Devolver, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So you actually I mean, got to, oh. Say right now, you miss hanging out with them, too, because of uh, Robbie in Europe. Wah, wah. I do. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Really, there are people, yeah, no, they're all over there having a big old time. It's fine. It's fine. Not even allowed in Europe anyway. Uh, so yeah, you, uh, would you mind telling the good folks at home who you are and what you do and how you are related to us at Devolver Digital? Of course. So as James said, I'm Kinsey Burke, 
a I got a I feel like I got a weird start in the industry, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> I actually started just by being on YouTube and meeting people, mostly on Twitter, and which is funnily enough how I got involved with Devolver because like I met one of my good friends now Liz at a party, and then she was like, I at the time I was doing PR for a really small indie expo and for like retro games. Mm-hmm. And she, all of a sudden, she was like, oh, you do PR. And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, can you do, like, I can't do this one event. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah. And that event wasn't Devolver, but it happened to be with Stephanie and Tinsley PR, mm. which does the PR for, P- for Devolver. Yeah. So that's how I kind of slowly melded my way in. Nice, yeah. So so you came in through PR and did PR and then stayed with the booth sometimes, even not as PR? Just couldn't get rid of me. Yeah, no. We didn't (laughs) to be honest, we didn't try. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, when I wasn't doing PR, I was actually helping uh, Kate, the operations manager at Devolver Mm -hmm. Digital. You probably know her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was helping her with events, so like booking restaurants, helping at the merch booths, all things like that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. We've done many shows together. It's always great. Mm-hmm. You were actually at PAX West this year without us. I was? was... It was weird? <laughs> it's weird for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so when you say you started, you know, you got into the industry in a weird way. You started on YouTube. What did, what, you know, would you mind sharing what you what your YouTubing is about? <laughs> yeah, I actually started by being a contributor on Metal Jesus Rock's YouTube mm-hmm. channel. And he's a really popular gaming YouTuber. He's almost at a million subs now. Uh, but I got started just as a guest on his channel. And I I still occasionally do that. It was, it, obviously it was really hard with COVID. Um, yeah. But now I've kind of been doing my own thing. I'm on a little bit of a YouTube hiatus right now, uh, only because I'm moving to Japan shortly. And a lot, a lot of work goes into that. So I decided I didn't want to like burden myself too much with like way too much stuff to do. Cause also I'm now working from home and, but yeah, YouTube, I did it for years. And then like, that's how I started on Twitter. And that's how I met like a bunch of people. Like I feel kind of weird sometimes when I actually got this question at PAX West this last year. They were like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a producer at Juhai Labs. And I had a couple like young people be like, oh, what's the career path like for that? <laughs> <laughs> and I felt really bad when I was like, well, I mean, I probably I don't think I have a traditional career path for you, but this is what yeah. I did. But then she looked really sad and was like, oh, I don't think. I- yeah. OK. And I was like, no, what I'm saying is that like there's like a million different doors into the industry. It just depends on which one you decide to use. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, you know, we've been doing these interviews for a while. You know, we've had lots of people, that, you know, from Devolver, or Devolver adjacent, or just you know, friends on here, and it's really surprising how few people have a path that is a traditional path. Uh, you know, into the industry. You know, very, yeah. It's 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 always it's a lot of the time it's just like oh I, I just I was just there and uh, they needed somebody and I went in and it turned out I was good at it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I think that's ultimately, I can see how that's discouraging 
as well. Like it's it's encouraging, but it's also incredibly discouraging because it's like <laughs> there's no answer. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, I mean, so much of it is you know is just being around people and being friendly, being open, being communicative, being mm-hmm. easy to work with, and you just. Uh, it's just nice, you know, and you be yourself and you be, you know, all these unhelpful things. No, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's terrific. Do you want to do you want to share what you do on your YouTube? Uh, like what that's all about or or. Uh, uh, sure. On my yeah. personal YouTube, it was all uh, video games and beer. It was mostly like <laughs> craft beer pairings with video games. Yeah. And like mostly. I found when I was playing video games, I was usually drinking beer. Uh-huh. And, like, I don't know. I guess you could call me a beer snob, but not really, because I don't mind cheap beer at all. But there's just so many different flavors out there now with, you know, all the craft brewery boom in the U.S. And, like, yeah. it's just been nuts. And I decided I was going to do pairings. Because, you know what? Why the hell not? That's no reason not to. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And uh... then on uh, Metal Jesus's channel... That's more, a little bit more traditional gaming channel where we'll talk about, like, I've been in episodes, it's like, you know, top uh, games on the eShop that are under $10, or like, you know, a buying guide for the Sega Game Gear, things like that. Nice. Is your, now, I, have, I have always gotten the impression, because I've seen, you have, um, you have a collection that would put Robbie's collections to shame. Mm-hmm. And Robbie's you know, <laughs> oh, a notorious really? collector of things, and uh, uh, but I mean, you have so many old things, old games. I got a lot of old things in the apartment. <laughs> One of the oldest is Kinsey Burke herself. Heyo, <laughs> heyo. <laughs> um, so is that? I mean, is that like part of like what you do on your channel? You talk about like retro stuff and you, you know, consoles and and all those. Yeah, good old definitely. Things. I'm a little bit all over the place era wise because I will talk about brand new games or old games. Yeah. The good thing about when the channel is your channel, do whatever you want. You know, <laughs> <laughs> today's new releases tomorrow, like ZX Spectrum. You never know. It's great. Nice and. I mean, I've been gaming since I was little. Like, the NES is my very first console. So, like, gaming itself is super nostalgic for me. And I'm mm. a collector of things. So. Nice. Goes real well together. And now I have too much stuff to circle back to that moving to Japan thing. Makes that harder. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I I need to come by with a truck and help you out. And just, I'll just take it and I'll just. I still got a. A power glove with your name on it. Really? I thought I that do, that was yeah. long gone. I haven't asked. I was like, oh, she's probably found somebody else for that power glove. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Doing my power glove dance. Yeah. Power glove. Power glove. Power glove. Uh, that's so cool. It's what a useless piece of tech. Uh, Even more useless. This one's for the Famicom, not the NES. So. Oh, good. Good. Well, luckily, I only own Famicoms. Um, as one does. Yeah, as one does. Uh, weird, honestly, though, at this stage that we haven't seen a new, uh, maybe it's not weird, but new power glove type thing. I mean, I could duct tape some Wiimotes to you. It would be the same. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, but the fingers, it has the fingers and like, 
you know, and it was. I mean, the it fingers wasn't don't good. do anything, though. I thought they did. I thought the fingers I were mean, supposed to do something. I thought you made a fist and that like counted as a button or something like that. It was primitive. It was, you know, it was old fashioned, but I just don't, under- I just want, you know, I mean, they do, I mean, I get ads on, on Instagram or wherever, where it's like the new thing. And it's like some, you know, play games with your hand. And I'm like, like seen, seen this before. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not going to have any games that this actually works with. What they need uh, to do is combine like the Oculus like uh hand tracking. Yeah. But like a Wiimote, but like a Pit Boy. Yeah, like an Oculus See? hand tracking Wiimote Pit Boy. That's exactly what they need to do. See? Luckily a lot of industry leaders listen to this podcast, so they're finally getting the clue that they need. Uh Robbie and I were talking about, you know, what I want in controllers is uh is more split controllers. Like, like, so I can play like PlayStation or Xbox or anything mm-hmm. with like, without my hands having to be like next to each other without being like clenched the whole time. Like, you know, like, cause with the, with the switch, you like pull off the little joy cons and you can like just, flop. you can like slot, slot it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you just pull, like you just lose all muscle control and it's just your thumbs and your, you know, your fingers and you just, you know, you play the game without having to anyway. Old people problems. <laughs> they tried to do that i think what was it playstation there was one that came apart that you yeah. could use and but the problem with it was that it had like once you took it apart it had two sensors on the insides so then you still had to be like sort of close and i'm like it's just a controller that you have to it's harder to hold now <laughs> <laughs> but that was like that was like playstation one wasn't it like the old yeah. one right so that's yeah. like that technology was, it was primitive by modern standards. <laughs> so, do you collect other things besides games? I do actually. I collect uh, VHS horror movies. <laughs> Very specific. Any re- but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't been buying stuff recently, uh, yeah. but in Seattle, in the before times. There was always a like a VHS horror movie swap meet that <laughs> eventually grew out of control and was just a horror movie swap a horror movie adjacent swap meet. So there's people that had bins of VHSs okay. and DVDs and stuff, but then it was also like merch and like collectibles and like all kinds of crap. And so it was still I, horror movies. Horror yes, stuff. It was still but... horror. But it was it had moved beyond just VHS. Yeah. And okay. I first went to that like, I don't know, twelve years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah. And I'd always liked horror movies, but I don't know what it was. Something clicked in my head that day and I was like, This is what I was meant to do. <laughs> <laughs> was there a particular movie that you like, you know, had in your hand at the time, like a particular VHS when that clicked? I got weirdly into the like uh, full moon video line of horror movies, which uh, none of them are good. And I actually <laughs> looked them up recently, and they have like a their very own like Netflix style thing. Oh. And I was like, who is this for? Because <laughs> well, number one, there's already like the horror movie Netflix that exists. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then oh, like, yeah, yeah. and then for like possibly the company that makes the worst movies to have their own. I think it's a genius idea, really. <laughs> but I love them so much because they're all like the super campy, like 80s, early 90s style yeah. movies. 
So I've seen pretty much all of them. And of course, there's also the series that I first fell in love with when it was old horror movies, which was like the Basket Case series. Okay. So there's like Basket Case and Brain. Da- I mean, this guy walks around with his twin brother in like a laundry basket, but his twin brother is like a monster that like eats people. So I mean, it's pretty great. <laughs> Do they still make movies? They went up to Basket Case 3, and that's the last one I think that they did of that series. Then they they also have, like, Brain Damage and Frankenhooker. Oh, w- wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, in Seattle, God, I love Seattle, I saw a stage <laughs> show of Frankenhooker, and I was like, this has changed my life. <laughs> it was amazing. So Frankenhooker is about a prostitute who makes a man out of corpse pieces uh backwards but yeah so this guy lost his girlfriend in a wood chipper accident as one does (laughs) and then he was so obsessed with losing her but still had some of the pieces because he collected them after she went through the wood chipper Uh he was like i need more pieces so then he went and got them from the hooker street he hired like a bunch of girls there's a hilarious montage where he's dressed like a doctor and they're all in this like shitty hotel room and he's like measuring like thighs and stuff trying to get like his girlfriend back but like the montage is like classic 80s movies so it's not even like that bad like i mean like creepy wise but or even scary wise it's just classic it would be the same thing if someone was like some girl in the 80s took her glasses off and they gave her a makeover like it would be the exact same thing (laughs) it was like the weirdest montage and it's great oh fantastic (laughs) um how many vcrs do you own vcrs i think i have two or three yeah i've been slowly getting rid of them yeah do they all work yeah how many vcr cleaners do you have oh i think i just have one Really? It just still works, huh? Yeah. Like, well, like the, the... usually once they stop working, I just kind of get rid of them. Because at a certain point, you can't have all of them hanging around. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. That you have any functional at all is, is incredible. <laughs> um, so what do you... I'm looking at my, my list of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready. What do you find fun, challenging, valuable about what you do? Um, let's see. Well, for my job, I am a producer at Chuhai Labs, which is a indie game studio in Kyoto, Japan, which is actually why I will be moving to Japan. Uh, the borders are just still closed. But sure. what I think is super challenging, but super awesome about working there is that, yes, I'm a producer. And if let's say if I was a producer at some like big AAA studio, like Honestly, being a producer, that's all I would do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. When you work for an indie company, I'm sure you know this as well, you end up doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. But it's kind of great, and it's also kind of scary. Because I remember when I first started working there, they were really busy, and they are like, we need someone to build a website. New girl, can you build websites? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I I can. (laughs) And I built my my first website. (laughs) Wait, so the Chuhai the Chuhai Labs website is a Kinsey Burke original? It sure is. What? Chuhailabs.com. Girl made it. C-H-U-H-A-I? Yep. Just like the C- drink. Oh, that's a drink. It's a drink. <laughs> I'm uncultured. 
It's a drink in Japan, so I guess there's another layer to it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I need to go there someday. Rasmus talked it up a big game. Oh, yes, he has. So, yeah, because I've seen, they've done they've done some videos with you, like, as well. Like, because you're a producer, but I've also seen, like, they'll, like, make videos, and they'll, you know, you'll be in those videos and stuff like that, because, of course, you have experience, you know, years yep. and years of experience doing that. They've got a real nice sense of humor over there. I'm kind of loving it. Like, yeah. everyone is so, like, all about having fun, but yet they're some of the most hardworking people I've ever met, and yeah. they're so good at what they do. Aww. And I think all those qualities are just, like, per like chef's kiss for where I want to work. How big is the company? Uh, I believe we are 12 people strong. Okay, cool. How, so I'm, I'm curious how, I mean, I know we all kind of work remotely, but, you know. Yeah. From Seattle to Japan, and is, is pretty much everyone else in Japan right now yep. already? I'm the only remote employee. Okay. Um, and, yeah, you were about to go, and then global pandemic um so you know how does that work how does that like how do you how does that work for you doing that uh, from here it's kind of weird i've gotten used to it obviously now i've worked there for uh just over a year now yeah um and it helps a little bit that since they're in state of emergency right now not that that's a good thing but <laughs> a lot <laughs> of them are also work from home they like yeah. they may be in the same place but at least we're kind of all remote right now. Yeah. And that does help a little bit. But for the most part, my time schedule is just all screwed up, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, even for recording this, you're like, hey, let's record at 1030. And I'm like, that's pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> which even me, like, hearing myself say that sentence sounds ridiculous. But just because Japan time is way different from Seattle time. They're like, what, 18 hours ahead of us or something like that? So, yeah. Like, I stay up real late, but, I mean, the only weird thing was, I remember one time, before they were work from home, because at uh -huh. the beginning of the pandemic, Japan was actually doing pretty good. Like, they didn't have a ton of, like, restrictions in place, like, they yeah. were just kind of like, maybe we should be careful and use hand sanitizer. Like, they were still at that stage, when we were yeah. already locked down. And I did go to one party, like, they had a party at the office. And I love this story because it is hilarious, but because <laughs> like, so they have a party. It's like one or 2 a.m. for me because it's after work for them. I am on a laptop on the food table <laughs> while everyone, I can see everyone hanging uh -huh. out and talking <laughs> and occasionally someone will talk to me, but I'm sitting there in my dark apartment with my beer <laughs> attending this party. And then, and then people would start to get food and they're like, my camera is apparently right by like where all the burritos are. Cause they got like burritos and stuff catered. And sure, they're like, like, you do they're like every time, right? So then every time someone goes by the camera, someone's like, I got pork. And it's like right <laughs> up against the, and I'm like, this is a great party. I mean, <laughs> and then eventually after everyone had gone through the food line, then people are just sitting down and eating. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there, like, with my drink, like, maybe I should have warmed up a burrito to <laughs> be part of the crowd. <laughs> and that's about the point where I was like, all right, it was great fun, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrific. That's terrific. Well, I'm glad that they that they included you in that way, though. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm definitely glad they included me, but it's still funny to be like, yeah. hey, I'm on this laptop on the food table. I'm a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trapped Please show in me the... The, the fillings of your burrito because <laughs> everybody did. So, but you learned a lot about everyone, I guess. You learned how they make their burritos and that's, yeah. you know. I know who the poor Abraham. people are now. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln <laughs> said, you judge a man by the contents of his burrito. I mean, um, I fully believe that. Yeah. Fully loaded bereave, <laughs> burrito. Lead. All right. Bereave that. <laughs> bereave <laughs> that. Um, so uh, how, so I, I, I'm, I'm actually really in, interested, you know, because you're, you, 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 you do have a really unique career path in that, you know, you've gone from uh, content, do you prefer content creator or influencer or YouTuber or yeah, YouTuber's video fine. maker, YouTuber? Okay. Uh, you know, you went from, from YouTuber. <laughs> video maker? No, I, video I take maker. it back. Vi- video maker. <laughs> video maker? <laughs> Uh, I can't believe I said content creator. If you'd said yes to that, I would have been so sad. I hate that phrase so much. It like wasn't really a term when I started. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I guess neither was influencer, actually. Yeah. I like influencer better because at least that's something that they do. Yeah. Because um, it's like you literally just watch people consume content. Like they're content consumers. All right, shut up, Jam. Uh, so as a video <laughs> smith, video maker... Uh, and then to go from that into PR and events, mm-hmm. and I can see—I guess I can see how events and production tie in. Yeah, is that kind of the 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 way that those tie in? Yeah, I think so. And the fact that I did like video stuff, I think that helped. Even though that's not necessarily part of the job for a producer, but yeah. it's just something they knew they wanted to get more into. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you, what do you like to see, what do you like to see from other people in your field? What are the things that you admire or get excited about from other people in your field? Um, that's a really good question. I feel like whenever I see people in my field kind of just being like really good people, but also really good at their jobs and really proud of their work, I'm always just like, okay. I need to figure out what you're on because this is going really well for you. And I'm always just really impressed with those people who are like, but also can be vulnerable. Like they're the same people who are like, Hey, like maybe today is not the best mental health day and that's okay. Maybe I need a break from social media. Like the people who basically have all their shit together. Cause we all know this girl doesn't. (laughs) But I mean, but I mean, even what you're saying is like the people who have their shit together, but even will openly be like some days be like, my shit is not together today. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's so okay. Not, yeah. Oh, you know, because yeah, then they're super aware of like when they need self-care and not to, you know, either overwork or, you know, get too deep into social media or anything like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's that, that is good. Good self-care. Good boundaries. Good. Uh, and then doing a good job and being good people. Then- Doing a good job. Yeah, I like it when I know who, like, for example, sometimes I know who's behind, like, you know, the social media account of a brand. Yeah. And just seeing them succeed and getting what's on their personal side as well, be it maybe today is not the day they have their stuff together, or, you know, they are, you know, okay with saying, hey, this is what's going really, really well. 
and just being really yeah. open about it and then seeing their brand succeed on the other side and i'm like Ooh, i know who does that like <laughs> <laughs> yeah this makes me really proud of them not to say that like Sometimes I do think it's a little bit skewed in the industry where it's like not all positions are public facing. Sure. So it can make it a little bit more difficult to be like, okay, well, I obviously I know the person doing social media or the person who does their PR, who's like really active on social media is doing a lot. But even just when you see, you know, a game succeed or a game launch go really well, there's probably a ton of people behind the scenes that work their butts off for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in production is one of the things that's, like, hard to see from the outside. Oh, totally. Uh, like, that's just, people are like, well, the game came out on time. I guess the producers did a good job. And you're like, great, thanks. Like, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but even if a game's delayed, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean, well, don't want that producer. So I, you're right. Like, it's super hard to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and like you're saying, it's, it's also hard to, like, judge the merits of it based on, you know, simple metrics like, did the game come out on time? And right, stuff like right. That. Yeah. Um, I mean, are there, is there anyone, like, maybe maybe there's not, or maybe this is a weird question, but, like, are there people like, you know, are there, are there producers out there, indie producers, or even, you know, big producers that you, or look at them and you're like, you got your shit together, you're fucking... This is you're doing great. Well, actually, uh, Anna at Devolver is a perfect example. Yeah, I think she's amazing. Like, and she does awesome work. Mm-hmm. But she's you know pretty much totally behind the scenes. Yeah, zero public facing. Yeah, so she can help it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense, and she's good community communicative and uh you know stays on top of the 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 teams but like is so now this is curious because anna and like andrew and you know Mm -hmm. the the old school producers over here at devolver um particularly andrew but also anna are uh you know a little bit scary they can be a little bit uh, (laughs) a little bit taskmastery Mm -hmm. a little bit intimidating uh and it occurs to me that i have no concept of kinsey burke is the uh, the intimidating taskmaster? Uh, does does that is that a is that a role you? How do you how do you do? How do you function as a producer? Um, I think I'll occasionally slip into that, like, but I don't think I'm ever intimidating, to be honest. Which <laughs> I, I I wish I was better at it. There is definitely points in my life where I'll be like, hey, this really needs to get done, and I can see in the person's head, be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, she's so cute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I, uh, I've i only worked there a year, and yeah. I have been doing a lot of other, like, media stuff, so I haven't yeah. been, like, full-time producing yet. Yeah. But I've definitely been in a few situations where I'm like, scary Kinsey would be real valuable right now. <laughs> and I think she's come out a few times. And all those times, it worked very well. And, yeah. like... I think in my brain, I always think I have to toe the line between, like, being assertive yeah, and being scary. Because I'm like, no, you can be like, hey, so this needs to be done by this day and this needs to be done by this day. And you can say those things, you know, without being scary. Yeah. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. So I've just been trying to, to find my place. 
Is Kinsey Burke scary? <laughs> is Kinsey Burke scary? You just keep watching more horror movies and, you know, eventually that, that'll do it. Just carry a laundry basket around and, like, shake it and it'll have, like, you know... Like, like, shut up and, like, hit a, hit a stick in there and be like... Yo! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want you to have to meet... I almost said Tinsley. <laughs> Your twin sister. Because I was thinking twin sister and then Tinsley because Kinsey and Stephanie. Anyway, so carrying around, like, just, like, you know, recording of Stephanie's voice maybe in a laundry basket. So you're like, oh, I don't want to have to sick that on you. Actually, that's a super good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm, uh, I'm a genius. Um... I love her to death, and she, but she does know how to be scary. Oh, she absolutely knows how to be she scary. She knows how to be oh, scary. Uh, oh, yeah, no, she absolutely <laughs> doesn't even have to try. Um, huh, well, let me see, let me see. I know I'm going to think of like a bajillion questions when we're done, so I got to think of them now. Um... Do you have any favorite retro con? Like, are there? Do you prefer the original consoles, or I know that they've come out with like retro fake con, like emulator consoles. Yeah. Uh, do you what? What do you think about those? Um, it's kind of funny that now that I am moving, not to mention it for like a fifth time, but <laughs> it's put a lot of stuff into perspective for me. Like, if you asked me two years ago, I would definitely say you know playing on the real hardware is better yeah it feels better but i do like the accessibility of the emulator consoles because especially now like some retro games are incredibly expensive so if you want to play you know chrono trigger and you're like well but i heard it's only good on the super nintendo like that's an investment at this point yeah like that's really expensive like or you can emulate it nintendo these days the system itself is probably i don't know i've been out of the, that game for a little while, but sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Wow. Yep, thousand dollars. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> but now that I'm moving, and I have started selling some stuff off because I can't take all of it, yeah. and I also don't want it to sit in storage while I'm out of the country because if something happens to that storage unit, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And so I guess I'd rather get money for it now than have the possibility of something bad happening in the future. Yeah. So I have been selling it off and more and more I've started buying digital, which is not something I've ever done before because I told myself basically, uh, if I want to play a new game now, mm-hmm. I cannot buy it physical because it's just another thing I'm going to have to pack or get rid of yeah. before I leave. Yeah. So been interesting like kind of a switch in my how my brain works as far as collecting goes like if i really like the game down the road i will try to find it physical to add to my collection but right now maybe not as much and i think the retro consoles did a great job of inspiring people to actually play retro games maybe it's people who never played you know an nes or a super nintendo really before because they're you know they're a youngin and their retro system was the Xbox 360. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, off to my crypt. <laughs> right? I've heard that so yeah. many times. They're like, oh, yeah, when I was little, I got an Xbox 360. Like, that's retro now, right? And as I crumble into dust, like, <laughs> I got a 360 in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's uh there's just so I mean, we all I mean, we all know this, but like video games are so phenomenally different from what yeah. they were when we were young. Did you ever have that feeling in a game where like like a years ago game, a retro game, years ago I'm going to use that now instead of retro yeah. game. It's great. It's great. Years ago game. Um, years ago game. That when you something happened in the game and you were like, "Oh my god, video games will never get better." This is beautiful. <laughs> and now you look back at that moment and you're like, well, okay, so they got better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, what comes to mind is the first time I played the original Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played through the opening scene where, you know, car crash, looking for my daughter, running around the town, go into an alley, go into this, like, chain-linked off basketball court in this alley between these buildings and all of a sudden these tiny babies like these these burned up looking children with knives came and there was no way to get back out of the cage and they stabbed me to death and that's the intro to the game and i turned it off and walked away you needed a moment i did it was so terrifying but it for me that was like that was the like video games are art yeah That was, like, the first time, like, it even, like, occurred to me that, like, whoa, this is, like, art. Yeah. Um, Which is weird that it was a horror game that that did that. But, um, like, a a, do you have a, a, like, this is the pinnacle of what games should be? Oh, nope, not the pinnacle. (laughs) I do. Uh, There was a point in junior high where I kind of stopped playing games for a little bit because it wasn't cool. And, I mean, everyone (laughs) knows every 13-year-old just wants to be cool. Yep. especially in the 90s mm-hmm. and uh my brother i got home from school and my brother was playing uh ocarina of time and he couldn't beat queen goma he was a lot younger than me so like i was like okay big sister will help which he one is queen goma the, the, the very bug? first boss yeah it's okay. a spider yeah that okay. like will crawl on the ceiling and stuff so we beat queen goma and then we got out of kakariko village and then you go into hyrule field for the first time and it does this like big sweeping pan and it like shows a little bit of every area in this big cutscene. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> this is so realistic. Games will never get better. And I mean, then I decided. Kind of right. Kind of right. But it looked so good at the time. I was like, this yeah. is like real life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Graphics and stuff like that. Yeah, and like old full motion video games. Uh, oh yeah, that stuff. Phantasmagoria. Um, oh, the death scenes in Phantasmagoria are great. <laughs> Speaking of '90s horror, like <laughs> they are excellent. I hated that game so much. I loved it. I loved it, but it was it was Sierra. So yeah. <laughs> Oops, you didn't pick up the stapler in chapter two. Now you're dead in chapter four, and there's nothing you can do about it. Gotta go back. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I feel like like I must have had one of those moments at some point seeing a game. There's, there's like, flashes of me, like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's so weird, because you always look, like, you look back at them, and then you're like, wow, that is clunky. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I do think though I had in that moment again weirdly enough I don't know why this popped in my head but with uh, Fight Night round 3 was it on the Xbox 360 because it was like one of the launch titles for the 360 
Yeah. And I was in college at the time, and I remember going to my, like, boyfriend's house at the time who had just bought a 360, and Fight Night was, like, one of the only games at first. So yeah. we bought that, and it looked so good. And was, even that, though, like, we've still come farther after that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, what was the, what was the zombie game Dead Rising on mm-hmm. the 360? That one was huge for me. I played that at a friend's house, and that blew my mind. I was yeah. just like, what? I mean, that, that, that jump in the the consoles was a huge jump. Oh yeah, like it felt like, like like from the PlayStation to the PlayStation Two, the Xbox to the 360. Like that felt like a massive shift in like graphic ability and the, what what a game could look like. I feel like it's all been incremental since then. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, because I feel like PlayStation One and PlayStation Two are similarly Xbox like. They're all kind of still in those early 3D stages where, like, yeah. some look better than others, but some of them are just, you know, you got your Final Fantasy VII block, block boy. Yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII block boy. <laughs> Why did I cry for Eris so long? Right? It's just a bunch of plots. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved her so much. That was hard. That was, I had to deal with that. That was. It was a loss. I feel like I cried a lot in the PlayStation era, which is weird looking back on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's wild. I mean, you know, retro games, it, you know, it's funny. We get this question a lot, uh, you know, in like the Devolver, you know, Discord or, or stuff like that. And people will say, do you like pixel art games? Do you think pixel art is good? And it's such a useless question to me. Yeah. Because it's like, some of them are. Some yeah. of them are bad. Do you like, you know, do you like oil paints? Depends on who's using them. Yeah, right. and I think pixel art, like speaking of games as art, yeah. pixel art itself has come a long way. Oh my god. And sometimes you look at it and you're just like, this is a masterpiece, you know? Like this yeah. pixel artist is amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, it, they'll set something up. It it Yeah, I mean like context like where you'll have like like literally like one pixel is yellow among blue and you're like oh no that's uh that's clearly his badge or that's you know a particular like you you like know what it is or you're like yeah. oh they're smiling and you're like how can you tell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah i mean that that whole i mean it's it's like the limited what used to be the limits of what you could do like now is kind of as a limit like yeah it's it's amazing yeah some people just paint portraits, like landscapes. They just make gorgeous landscapes in pixel art just to do it. Oh, that's so awesome. <sighs> so cool. And then I do pixels, and I'm like, oh, that's a lot of squares. Good job, squares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a point where I tried to get into, like, you know those, like, perler beads? Oh, That you, yeah. like, iron and make stuff? Yeah. Yeah, when that became a thing, like, I don't know, like, eight years ago, maybe? Um, I think this is all my ADHD hobbies, but sure, I've got a lot of them. Uh, I was so proud of myself when I made like a bunch of like Zelda one enemies and like items, and I was like, "Wow, this is really this is really going somewhere." But now, people can use perler beads and make yeah a landscape, something that's it's... like gigantic, and I'm like, "Well, I tried." <laughs> I think there was a. Uh... 
I can't remember what it was, but there was like a meme or something or a post, whatever the fuck you call it, where it was like kind of when the internet started and it was new and suddenly it was like, everybody can do everything and look, here's my shitty thing. Wow, great shitty thing. Listen, here's my poetry. Here's my thing. And everybody's just like, yeah, everybody's just doing it. We're figuring it out. And then now it's like, you know, pixel art. I'm going to look at uh, pixel art. Oh, 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 wow. Oh, wow. That's... Yep. Wow. <laughs> I want to look up, like, how can I get really good at this without practicing? Right? That's all I want to know. <laughs> That's all I, I just, want. You know, I just want, uh, you know, the old Matrix I know Kung Fu thing. Just plug it into my brain. Let my brain rehearse it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what that's like. That's that's probably, like, some weird, horrible, like, hell where, like, what's three seconds in the real world is, like, three months in your brain where you're trapped in, like, a dojo. I don't fucking know. Oh, pro- you know, probably. Yeah. Like, do you want to know how you know it instantly? <laughs> yeah. By practicing <laughs> in a different timeline. <laughs> where you that's can't really get just, out. It's really just a life lesson. If you want to yeah. get good at something, you got to practice it. You do. You do. Uh, I was walking by the the local college earlier today, and they had this big, wonderful, inspirational thing, and it was just about. It, I think the 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 final line is "practice ugly," where it mm-hmm. was just like you you gotta suck, you gotta suck before you get good, you gotta earn the talent, you gotta earn it. Um. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have any more questions. I did my best. Uh, anything you'd like to share with the wonderful world of the Devolver Digital Forecast listeners? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do my my producer duties. Yeah, hit it and say. Uh, as of right now, we have carved snowboarding out on the Oculus Quest, and it's rad. If you want to snowboard in VR, so you're like really snowboarding. Speaking of getting good without practicing, don't hit the <laughs> slopes. Hit these slopes. <laughs> and uh also our our big our big news was actually just at pax west we were showing off curse to golf and we had like kind of a whirlwind pr tour for that where we announced it the week before pax mm-hmm. and then right before pax was bit summit which is the kyoto indie expo and then we had pax west and it was like this incredible media frenzy we had the second longest line at pax Woo. They had to put up a sign that said 90 minutes from this point. That's terrific. Isn't Especially that crazy? For an indie. Yeah. Right? It was it was amazing. But if you haven't heard of Cursed Golf, look it up. It's amazing. It's beautiful pixel art golf in golf purgatory. So <laughs> like you do. Like you do. And coming out early next year. Early next year for uh for PC and Nintendo Switch. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Gotta get that Switch. Switch everything is doing great on, on the Switch. indies. Everything on Switch, please. That's all I want is everything on Switch. Um, nice. Very nice. Actually, would you mind telling us uh, a little bit about what happened, uh, what PAX was like this year? Of course. I mean, relative to normal PAX, too. Uh, PAX West 2021 was definitely different than any <laughs> PAX I've ever been to. And granted, I do see the... I, I thought it was going to be canceled, honestly. Like, yeah. I 100% thought it was going to be canceled. Um, but it did feel really good to be back. Uh, they did really good on their COVID rules. I only yeah. saw, like, two noses, all of PAX. 
Like, they did a really good job. Um, the crowds were not bad at all. I know, I noticed a lot of people taking pictures be like, Pax is dead. And they were always off in like some like dark corner. I'm like, well, of course that corner's dead. But it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't quite like that. Um, I think the indies had an awesome showing. Like we got moved from the sixth floor to the fourth floor, which typically at PAX West, uh, the Washington state convention center is over like a bajillion floors and it's a little bit of a labyrinth. And I'm still in the camp that not everybody knows that there is a sixth floor when they go to PAX, which is where a lot of indies are. Uh, so we got to move down to the fourth floor and it was incredible. Like I said, we were the second longest line at PAX and I think, None of the, like, big players were there. So, like, no Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft. And the only people I actually heard that were disappointed, which totally makes sense, is children. You know, because then they're like, where's Mario? Like, well, Mario's Mario's not here. Sorry. (laughs) So I did. Yeah, I heard that a little bit. But I kind of loved it in a way. Yeah. Like, except for the giant devolver-sized hole in my heart. Yeah. It was kind of amazing. Uh, Indy's got a great showing. I think people understood that why the big companies weren't there and made the best of it. Yeah. And found some really great games that they wouldn't have found otherwise. That's terrific. I mean, I feel, I I saw the pictures of it looking empty, and I was always like, that looks like my favorite kind of show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was... It was kind of great. At like one point, I had to meet someone downstairs, yeah. and meeting someone downstairs sometimes you're like, "Oh fuck, this is gonna take me like 15 <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes to get out of here." <laughs> and I was down there so fast, like the where the escalators are, like there was pretty much because a lot of times you have to like wait in line to get on the escalator to yep. go down. Th- there was none of that. It was kind of beautiful. Yeah, uh, I did notice. The only crowds I would really hit was when I'd be coming back into the hall, and I'd be like, oh, there's a big crowd here. Oh, that's because it's my booth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two the... high labs in the house. <laughs> the poor enforcers kept having to, like, switch up how they were, like, organizing it to, like, yeah. like organizing our line to not make it in everybody else's way, which is not a bad problem to have. Yeah, sure. How are they doing, the enforcers? Uh, they seemed great. They were super happy to be back. Like, all the enforcers I talked to were just, they're, you know, jolly enforcer selves. Do you see familiar faces? I feel like there's that guy who's always got a kilt. Yep. There's the one lady who always helps at the Devolver booth. She's not very tall, but she's got the huge voice. Yep. Uh, Yeah, I saw a ton of familiar faces. And, like, that's the one thing where going into PAX, I was, like, kind of nervous for obvious COVID reasons. Yeah. But once I was there and everyone was being awesome, like we, our booth was like half hand sanitizer, I feel like, just in, <laughs> in substance. And yeah. we were like wiping down controllers between every single person. And like, uh, we got so many people thanking us that some other booths weren't doing that. And they were like, wow, you're really like putting in this extra effort. And I'm like, well, I, I actually thought this was the effort that we like. <laughs> <laughs> thought this was the minimum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But everyone was just happy to be there. And it was actually a super fun PAX. It reminded me a little bit of PAX South. Or like really, yeah. really early PAX Prime. Yeah. Yeah. I love PAX South. That was always my favorite. Because it was the least popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just a certain threshold at which the crowds become yikes. Yeah. Where you're trying to get in or out of the expo hall. And you're in a, such a big crowd that all you can do is take one little tiny weird baby step at a time. 
Yeah. And you're getting nowhere, and there's someone like right next to you, and yeah, I'm, I'm I was not prepared for that, which it didn't yeah. happen, so it was great. That's wonderful. Yeah, my first PAX West, we the Devolver booth was on the sixth floor, but Hotline Miami was with Indie Mega booth on the fourth floor. Uh, so oh no! I had to like go <laughs> back and forth several times, like because you know it's like all right, somebody should go check on the Hotline booth, and it's yeah. like you know it's like a half an hour journey. <laughs> Like because I mean you're I mean it's just it's packed with people and it's kind of insane that we it was ever like that. Yeah. I mean they always there was always the Pax Pox right because people Mm -hmm. always get sick after sick after Pax because that's just a fuckload of mammals just carrying around all their viruses and bacteria with them. Yep. So it's a real relief to hear that it was that it was good this year and I hope I hope things. I hope things trend a little closer to, you know, the experience you just had than the old experiences. Yeah. And I think I didn't get the PAX Fox this year, which with me, I get sick almost, almost every single PAX I get sick. Yeah. That's just how it is being Kinsey. And, (laughs) but I think I might just wear a mask like always during every PAX now. Yeah. I'm not mad about that idea. No. (laughs) And the mask I wore was hella cute. So, I mean. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand people still walking around with with not with not good masks. Right. We've been in this long okay. enough that at this point, get a cute mask. If you're vac, I mean, and now this may be bad advice, but if you're vaccinated, you can lean a little more towards cute than like fully super duper medically good mask. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I see you're saying. Mask. Like I'm fully vaccinated, so now I like wear like masks with like cute little smiley faces on them. That they're still cloth masks. They still you know block all yeah. the stuff, but they're not technically like you know like medical grade masks and stuff. Right, like that. right. And I I've noticed a lot more cute masks too have a filter pocket now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I so, should upgrade. I haven't upgraded. In a I'm while. getting some of those. Filter pockets. Filter pocket. Um, well, sweet. Chuhailabs.com, C-H-U-H-A-I-L-A-B-S dot C-O-M for all your indie, Japanese indie, Kyoto indie needs. Those of mm-hmm. you listening. Um, anything else? Curse to golf. I'm looking forward to my switch code when the time comes. Of course. <laughs> yeah, curse to golf comes soon. Uh we actually started our own podcast as well over at uh, Chuhai Labs. This is over. <laughs> this no, is over. Comp- competitive podcast is outrageous. There's not enough room <laughs> in this industry for more podcasts. Right? <laughs> but we do have is our yours every, just white every... guys? What was that? Is yours just white guys? I mean, there's Kinsey. Oh, Long that's guy. better. That's a step up. Damn. <laughs> Gotta Sorry, step you up on say, you. Y'all are, yeah, yep, it's just me and Robbie. Oh, Robbie. <laughs> Hello, Robbie. Um, I really liked Australian Robbie, though. FYI. That was, that was, thanks. Thanks. It's it's only when he drinks a certain quantity. Um, uh, so, but you were, you were about to talk about the podcast, and I interrupted with my joke. <laughs> uh, well, we just have our podcast over at Juhai Labs, and it's called Nasty Labs. It, we have a video version on YouTube, and then we also, it's on all the podcast things. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on to the forecast, Kinsey. Of course. Anytime. Thanks uh, for having me. 
Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll uh, we'll have you on again someday when Robbie's here, and y'all can just talk collectibles, and I'll take a nap in the corner. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, only if it's Australian, Robbie. I wonder. You know, I I feel like we don't get him doing enough accents, and we really deserve that. We really deserve right? more accents out of him. I mean, now that I've heard the authentic uh, Australian Robbie, I just feel like I can't go back. So that's yeah, yeah. The the truth is out there. <laughs> They're being Australian. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, yep. Apparently, I need him more than I realized I needed him. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, and now I'm gonna do the the plugs, and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll say goodbye to everybody. Uh, how do the plugs go? If you're interested in Devolver Digital video games, you can go to devolverdigital.com to see all of our video games. You can also go to merch.devolverdigital.com to see all of our merch. Are you interested in Twitter and tweets about Devolver Digital? Maybe you could follow Devolver Digital at Devolver Digital on Twitter. You can also follow at follow at Devolver PA for Devolver Public Access for all of your devolver streaming needs interested in talking about devolver digital with other people who like to talk about devolver digital maybe join the devolver digital discord by googling devolver digital and discord because i don't know how to describe that link to you just google devolver digital and discord and you'll find it i think some of you might be more interested in instagram and if you're interested in instagram don't forget to follow devolver digital on instagram because we're on there for some goddamn reason uh we even have a tiktok now god be praised uh yep I think that's all of them. Did I get all of them? I think I got all of them. Sounds like all of them. Yeah. Oh, and we're on YouTube. Fuck it. <laughs> just kidding. You didn't get all of them. <laughs> just type, just type, just go to Google, type Devolver Digital and whatever platform or whatever you want to find us on. And if we're on there, we're on there. I think there's even a Reddit. Uh, yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.